Alan Osahlan, and welcome to the Habibis Podcast. Three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host, um, Poses as more, apparently, or Fauzim as more, as known in other areas. <laughs> I'm Osama Darius, apparently. And I'm Rami Ismail, because when AI voice transcription transcribes my voice, it does it perfectly. <laughs> well, look at you, la dida. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who has to pose as more, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're also joined by a very special guest. We have Nuha Al Qadi here with us. Hello, Nuha. Hello, Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. We're so Good happy to have you. I'm so excited. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> um, I guess we should talk about video games first, then. Uh, or Nuha, do you want to introduce yourself? Maybe that's even better. Sure. Um, I am a narrative designer at Ubisoft Toronto, so I do a lot of story stuff in games. That is my jam. It is my life. <laughs> I love story stuff. Story stuff's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. You know, I was a narrative designer at one point. Uh, oh, I yeah. worked When I was at Gameloft, I was a narrative designer for three years. I oh, really wow. love it. It's a lot of fun. Wait, you worked the game loft? We need to compare notes at some point. <laughs> oh, absolutely! I, I have I have volumes of notes from game loft. Oh. <laughs> a lot of stuff to share, not on the air. <laughs> yes, let's do that. I am. Uh, I have only made games about explosions. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of narrative in explosions. So it, it works. A lot of, with so many our, stories. Our, our narrative is in the screen shake. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I look forward to doing a bit more story work though. Like it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm on a bit more. I'm on a, on a few like larger projects right now. Not as a not as a lead as I used to be at Vlambeer before we shut that studio down, but as somebody working on other people's projects. And that's been really interesting because you know uh, exactly. I've never really had I've never really worked for anybody in that way. Rami, are you going to um, do the thing where you accidentally um, um, uh, announce something? I remember like once you accidentally <laughs> announced it here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm an, I, I guess I'm announcing that I'm working on things. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, something. Not just sitting around here. <laughs> All right. How about we start talking about games now? It might be a good time. What um, have you played this summer? Okay, well, I, I played two games. Uh, I continue to play a little bit more of Loop Hero. N not, not a mm. lot, but just enough to get to this point where I'm, I'm feeling um, that I'm not really making a lot of progress. And it's that, that part of the loop is, is it's not a great feeling. Do you have the same experience? No, not at all. So what's Which your secret? Sounds very sounds very arrogant now that I'm saying it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what are you doing that I'm not doing? I know, like, obviously, one of the things to, to look for is what resources do you need and how do you get them? Uh, are you letting your cards overflow? No, I'm not. Should I? I didn't yeah, know that was so there's a, number of, there's a number of resources that you can only get from overflowing your, your stacks, whether it's your inventory stack or your card stack. Um, yes. Okay, so I'm trying, like, I, I went into this blind. I'm not looking up any strategy guides or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm now I'm seeing that maybe that's a mistake. Maybe to get more out of the game, I should be doing that. So honestly, the, the most important thing I will say is, like, try and do everything against your intuition as well. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of systems that work in, in counterintuitive ways, almost. Hmm. Uh, and it's, it's fun to just kind of play and see what that does. Um, I will say it is also sometimes horrifying. Be careful with um, uh, ruins uh, and uh, wheat fields because mm. both of those will wreck you. Yeah. Um, 
But in general, like doing stuff that seems like a bad idea sometimes works out really well. Um, so the worse the card seems, the the more interesting it is to mess around with. Yes, but there was actually one time where I did that and I died. Basically, the game presented me with a choice and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good option. But since the game is asking me if I want to do this, I'll try it. And I instantly died and unlock an achievement for dying outside of combat. I'm like, okay, (laughs) maybe I should tread more carefully here. (laughs) I mean, everything in the game could and will kill you, which is kind of the the wonder of it. There's a lot of like fun little uh, strategies that you can figure out, but most of them involve adjacent tiles touching tiles or um or letting things do the opposite of what you think they should do interesting okay well, that that breathes new life into the game now i'm gonna hit up a guide or two and right. so uh yeah i've actually been playing another game as well uh oh. i've played a game called star renegades it's uh, made actually in canada and out of toronto Uh, by a company called Massive Damage. Yes, exactly. So the game is a tactical uh, turn-based strategy game uh, with roguelite elements. So this is the caveat. I've only played it for five hours and I haven't died yet. So I did not experience the roguelite aspect of the game. So what I'm... I'm, (laughs) (laughs) But that's confusing to me too because I went in knowing it was a roguelite so I was expecting to die. I mean, um, so to tell you a little bit more about the game, it's gorgeous. The pixel art is really, really good. The anime, the pixel art animation, even the character designs, all gorgeous. All really, really, it's it's a pleasure to look at. The combat system is really good. It's very interesting. It's something new. It's turn-based, but there's a timeline that's on top of your screen that tells you when your action is going to take place and when other uh, like when the enemy's actions are going to take place that so far that's kind of i wouldn't say standard but it's like i've seen it before what's interesting about it is that your attacks have different like time execution times uh so when you're like scrolling through which different attacks or actions that you could take it'll tell you where on the timeline they would sit and that's actually an interesting choice already add to that certain actions can push the enemy's attacks back and if you push them back far enough on the timeline you could cancel the action for that turn completely right which is really interesting and the other thing added to that on top of it is that uh, if you attack a unit that hasn't used their attack or action yet you do critical damage but the same is true of you so if you're going to do one of those long wind-up attacks any unit that, that attacks you between then will do critical damage on you so the risk reward is there and it's heavy. And because of that, every fight kind of feels like a puzzle that you're solving. Like what's the best way to approach this in a very interesting, in a, in a, in a very like still kind of procedural way, right? Because they're throwing different enemies at you. Uh, there's more to the game. Uh, there's a lot to the game. Actually, that's one of my, my criticisms. Right. Uh, everything I just told you right now um, and more is explained to you in, in a set of uh, pause screen tutorials in the first 45 minutes of the game, as well as all the exposition uh, of, of the story all at once. So it's like the fun doesn't start for almost an hour. It's an hour of text. It's a shame because the, the rest of the game is actually really good. The combat was really fun once I figured out on my own how to do it. It's just, you know, there, there would have been a better way to introduce that. And I fear that maybe they lost some uh, some players along the way who didn't have the patience to sit through that. Right. That's cool. Cool. Noah, cool. uh, what, what have you been playing? Uh, I started playing a game 
called Roki. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's um, with the two dots over the uh, Yes, yeah. that one. And it's really cute. It's a really cute like adventure game, like point and click in a way, but it uses the um, uh, keypad. And it's like based off of like Scandinavian mythology and folklore. It's like a very whimsical, but also yet suspenseful game. It's really cute. Like it reminds me of um, like if you guys watch the kids show on Netflix, Hilda. It's very much like yeah. That. Mm-hmm. If you like Hilda, I, Hilda. I think you'll like this game. It talks. How do you spell it? I'm having a hard time finding it. Uh, R O K I, but the the O has two dots on it. Since I'm googling it right now, it'll come up with the game and also images of Rocky Balboa. <laughs> uh, what his That's name is spelled. DLC. <laughs> you got a new character. You got a new character. It's Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of what game? What kind of game is it, uh, Noah? Uh, a... Adventure, like puzzle game. Like you have to like uh, find objects uh, to solve puzzles with. Um, hmm. And like it's the story's cute. It also has like some conflicts and stakes. Uh, but also, you meet like different monsters and characters, and it's just. It's like very adorable and zen and like I was playing it. I just felt relaxed while playing it, even though it was like a, a very uh, impactful story happening. Mm-hmm. But like the the mood and the atmosphere is just it's so nice. Like I, I just got lost in that game because well, not lost literally, but like lost in like like I was just so focused <laughs> on the game. <laughs> it's an interesting world, but <laughs> I really like the art and I like the monster designs. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. I, I remember it now. So I saw someone streaming it the other day and I, I didn't know what game it was, uh, but it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Are you playing it on uh, on PC or something else? Yeah, I got on PC. Uh, I think it's also on Switch. Um, it came out last summer um, and I heard about it then, but then I saw on Steam it was on sale, so I picked it up, and it was it was definitely worth it. Even full price, I think it's worth it. But I'm still playing it. Like, I only played a few hours so far, and I think it's about 10 hours long. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm already invested in it <laughs> at this point. Good. Yeah. Nice. Good. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. But on, on story-based games, I played uh, a whole bunch of uh, Persona uh, hmm. 5 Strikers right. last week. What do you Did you think? see what I'm trying to do? I was trying to do the, the Osama transition. Right. <laughs> how, how do you rate me on these? Uh, I always rate you at 10, uh, honestly. Um, especially, when you're, especially when you're posing as more. <laughs> see, I was, I was trying to do I was trying to pose as Fauzi and Osama at the same time. The AI knew this was going to happen. I'm just going to give it a 7 out of 10. Let's... Uh... <laughs> But, uh, but uh, Fauzi, okay, tell me, Persona 5 Strikers, I told you last time we talked about it, I told you at the first battle you feel like you're home. You are absolutely right. It yep. felt like I was coming back home. This is like, these are the characters I missed so much, these are the places I've been to before, um, and like they do this thing also in the game starts in which like they take you back to some of the places where you used to hang out. It's odd to feel nostalgic. Well, for me, it's like it's, it's nostalgic in two ways, because... Um, uh, Shibuya is a place that I was intimately familiar with, so like the first game made me nostalgic to that to begin with. Right. But like in this one, I am now nostalgic to the Shibuya in Persona Five, which made me nostalgic to Japan. Right. <laughs> uh, it's it's wonderful. So like uh, you go like this is a DLC. Like no, it's a, an entirely different game made by a different team, but feels in every single way like it's a Persona Five game. Right. 
like like it's like it's like the the hidden chapters or like <laughs> it's uh it's like stuff that should have been in the game but made it uh out afterwards and you know like what i love the the notion of it is that this is not just like the persona 5 happened in tokyo and this one they're going on a road trip it seems mm-hmm. and like i'm already seeing more of japan um as they're traveling and that's so exciting yeah hmm. yeah you're gonna so, have a so good exciting. time you're gonna have a very good time yeah it's like also like um um I don't know about you, but like I like the episodes in the anime when there's the, there's the beach episode, there's the barbecue episode, <laughs> the baseball episode, right? The baseball, I like tropes. those. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. those. Like you know, the the regular heroes kind of on vacation doing yeah. stuff. I, I like and, it because it gives them an opportunity to, to like let their, the personalities of the characters come out and uh, see different dynamics that you don't usually get from the regular action episodes of those shows. So yeah, absolutely. Totally. So, like, um, it's 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 um, this game feels that gives you more time to spend, uh, gives you an opportunity to spend more time with people you really like or like mm-hmm. before. Um, the 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 music also helps with the nostalgia because, like, there's the wonderful soundtrack from Megaroka, like playing all over the the thing from Persona Five. But uh, did you notice yeah. that that they're like heavier remixes? Yes, and they're so also like good. yes. I was about to say, like they have like the Mosu kind of uh, vibe to them, especially in mm-hmm. the fights and the dungeon areas. So good, uh, a bit more like a, a rocky and more metal in some areas, which is quite nice. Uh, I love the new characters that they've added, mm-hmm. like uh, really cool and wacky, and a perfect fit to the rest of the the oddball group. Mm-hmm. And it just oozes style. So like like um, the menus, for example, they're completely made remade in this one. But, you know, they are Persona-style menus. They're, like, it completely, like, oozes with charm and mm-hmm. um, has has a sense of attitude and style. The combat system, surprisingly, it's actually made me think, because the combat system is not that complex. It's like um, it's, you, bu- you mash a bunch of buttons. There's strategy towards it, and uh, there's a clever reuse of the elemental system that is in 5. It, it, uh, they somehow made it work. Right. It's a completely new combat system, but somehow you go like this is exactly like uh, like you said, Rami. It's uh, it's exactly wasn't this how it worked before? Right. <laughs> and mm. like it was no actually it was turn based. It's not action at all. But like they captured every single aspect of that uh, system um, and maintained its essence. And like like really hats off to the design team there. Like some solid work. It really feels like a, a new game in the Persona 5 series. Yeah. And it's weird because there is no Persona 5 series. There's only the yeah, Persona exactly. series. But this feels like <laughs> it's just a spin-off series. And if they come with more stuff at this quality level, I'll play more Persona 5. So there's also the dancing game of a Persona right. 5 dancing all night or something. Right. But I think like, you know, having the ability to spend so much spin-offs and there's Persona 5 Royal. That's why I'm thinking franchise because right. this is already like the fourth Persona 5 game. Right. Persona 5 And I think it, it, speaks, it speaks a lot to how deep and rich um, the world they've built right. with Persona 5. Like uh, how, how like really fleshed out those characters are, how interesting the story and the world is. You, you might have a bit of an insight, Fauci, but if, I feel like a lot of Japanese games are doing this because I saw the same with Final Fantasy 15, right? Which yeah. just spun off in its entire own universe. Yeah. Uh, like- it's, uh, uh, I, I still remember this to this day. My manager in Atlas actually taught me this. And he's like... Um, um, he said this sentence that really stuck with me. Um, he was like, I'm not only in the game-making business, I'm in the IP-making business. Right. Hmm. 
because like when I'm when I'm making a new game, I am considering how I can create transmedia around this game. Right. And he's like, you know, yeah. a game can sell and it can make sales off the game. An IP is forever. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, and, and, and you can see that, like, uh, when Persona 3 came out, um, there was a full anime series. We had the manga coming out. Uh, and we had um, a, a motion picture, like a, a live action movie came out. And, uh, like, the, not just Japan. I think all of Asia at the time was just drowned with Persona 3 uh, memorabilia. And uh, hmm. it's, it's kind of like building up on the IP rather than just uh, building up on the game. Which is fascinating, and you can see like uh, they kind of still have that same mentality with um, with Persona Five. Clearly, they keep adding stuff to it. Gosh, you all played so many video games. I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't have any time to play anything at all, uh, except for a Loop Hero. Well, yeah, for, I mean, like, a lot of Loop Hero. I played Loop Hero. I tried to catch up a little bit on Destiny where I could. Uh, that remains very good. I. Uh, I played some Flight Simulator. Uh, they have a UK update, so <laughs> Birmingham Palace now looks like a palace instead of an office building. That's nice. Um, <laughs> but I think genuinely that... God, what have I done? I've, I've gotten a new chair. <laughs> I've got a new off chair. Uh, no, that, that, doesn't, okay, listen. that doesn't count unless it's a gaming only, chair. So only okay. a year after the pandemic started, was Rami think, "Hey, my back hurts." So okay, that is, but that is genuinely what happened. Okay, like I last week, I had a bit of a health scare because I had like a very strong stab in my chest, oh, right, no. upper left, uh, and I was oh, like, no. "Oh, that sounds that feels really bad. I should probably go and see a doctor." So um, I had a bit of a uh, I had a bit of a tingle in my left arm as well. I'm like, okay, you know what? Call doctor. Like, yeah, this definitely. this could be bad. So I called the doctor. Went to the doctor, and the doctor, you know, did some tests, checked my heart, uh, you know, because the symptoms were kind of like in line with potential heart issues. So they che they checked uh, on me, and she just went like, no, I don't think it's your heart. It's too high to be your heart. It's probably your shoulder, right? Your shoulder mm. just got stuck, and it's obstructing something that makes your arm tingly if you're you're in a in a weird like uh, position or something. And so she just asked me a bunch of questions and I have one of those standing desks so I can switch between standing and sitting, but I spend still a lot of hours sitting. Um, I mostly stand when I'm programming and I want to have a little bit of music to sort of dance to a little. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, okay, you know what? If this is going to be a problem for me, I want a really good chair. So I Googled for the best chairs and you kind of get two options. You get office chairs or you get gaming chairs, right? Mm -hmm. And now the office chairs are just office chairs. And they can be ergonomic and like, uh, I don't know, uh, all sorts of support things. And you have gaming chairs, which just look, they look like, what's the polite way of saying it? My, my colleagues call my chair like I'm driving a rally car. Right. Accept <laughs> <laughs> it. Um, so, um, I, I found a combination between the two. It's a brand called Herman Miller. And it's a really fancy office brand, apparently. And they have a collaboration with Logitech G, which is Logitech's like gaming arm nowadays. Mm -hmm. None of those companies uh, sponsor the show, by the way. No. Yet. <laughs> nobody, yet. nobody sponsors our show. Nobody sponsors our show. Um, they all know better. Right? <laughs> we should reach out to tea companies and see if they can sponsor right, right, right. our show. Um, you just start the episode with... 
Mm, I'm drinking tea. <laughs> good. Uh, I'm a tea. Yeah. <laughs> Three game developers slurping good air tea. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, nobody tells you how much of a difference a good chair makes. Like, <laughs> genuinely, I sat down in this chair and everything is adjustable. Like, from the way it, it pushes your spine into shape to... Uh, how high, how far out the arms are, how high the arms are, how far forward the seating area goes, or, or you know, how, how close it stays to your legs. So I've got, like, support. Like, I've been working in this chair for two or three days now, and I've, gen- like, you get out of the chair, and you're like, wait, I have energy left for today. How did that? Was my old chair that yeah. bad? Um, Rami, Rami, you could tell that the blood of the pharaohs run through you because it only <laughs> took you one year before your back broke. It took me like three days, seriously, yeah. from working from home. I was like, I need to get me a nice I don't chair. Think, I, yeah. I don't think there's anything to do with blood of the pharaohs. How old are you, Fauzi? <laughs> <laughs> Not on this podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> so really time, I have the, maybe I have the blood of the pharaohs. You might have the age of the pharaohs, my friend. Like, I don't <laughs> That's what I get for giving you a compliment. <laughs> you, so also have actually, the, you also have the wisdom of the pharaoh, I suppose. <laughs> okay, much better, much better. Nice save, okay. nice save. <laughs> <laughs> like, to, to add to, to uh, Fozzie's point, it took me about a week, um, and I wasn't the only one complaining. And actually, uh, work let us go into the office and pick up our ergon- ergonomic chairs from the office and bring them home. And that was extremely kind of them because it really saved my butt back <laughs> name it uh but yeah before that i was sitting in this like you know costco bought office chair and it was fine when i'm just on the computer at night you know browsing a bit it was not fine when you're in it for eight like eight plus hours a day non-stop but i understand like um <laughs> but i understand like um uh, and uh buying furniture of any kind and like you know decorating a household is a very big event in an arab household <laughs> yeah. i mean to be- <laughs> To be fair, that was a little bit like I've been I've been looking at this office space and I've been thinking like how do I how do I redecorate it right uh, yeah. like how do I put new stuff in there um, yeah no it kind of feels like a big because I've always I guess I've always seen back you know back in Egypt if we would if we would redecorate it was like we go out of the house for like three weeks because there's like fake marble coming in <laughs> and like you know like plaster for like fake pillars with like ornamental designs and it's just like yeah no this this place is not gonna you're not gonna be you're not gonna be or like you know like the couches and the chairs and they're all these like super fancy yeah. but they're, they're not fancy they're kind of no they're kind of what is the right like they're borderline between kitsch and i and i'm just thinking about they're having so that fancy now I'm just thinking about having that as an office chair, and I think my back just instantly died. Well, you yeah. know, the, the true Arab way to um, to have to have a new furniture in the house is that once you get the the chair or the couch or whatever, it needs to remain wrapped in plastic. Right. Important. Forever. Important. Yes. Forever. Mm-hmm. The plastic yes. never goes off. No. <laughs> Yeah. Did, did you did you also have the thing where your TV remote was wrapped in saran oh, wrap? Oh, yes, yes, just... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> TV remote. <laughs> it still is. It still works. <laughs> my parents oh, actually, instead of um, leaving the plastic on the couches, they just cover it in blankets. So I don't actually know what color a couch is to this day. I don't know what color a couch is. 
That's so perfect. I think I have. I think I have like, um, I don't know, some kind of complex because whenever I get the new phone, I just can't wait until I peel the plastic off. Yeah, the same. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this plastic is not staying because right. no. I've had yeah. plastic staying on my stuff for a long time. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But well, also like in Syria, people have two living rooms, one where it's the nice furniture oh, and, yes. you, and yeah. actually they take it all off and it looks really pretty. And the other living room is the actual one they live in <laughs> that's not as pretty. <laughs> And they close the doors on the the nice one, and they only let guests in there. You are not allowed to right. actually chill in that room. I only for guests. It is the, no, we, we talked we talked a little bit about the the niche, the like fancy cutlery and stuff, uh, and the plates in in the first episode. But this is an extension of that, right? Like it's yeah, yes. yeah. it's there's there's the place that is for other people to see, and you would like. I don't know. Did you all do this? Because when I was a kid, I would sneak into that room all the time and sit in one of the chairs for a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would feel so fancy. Uh, I would feel so fancy. Every time I did that, I got the ship ship. I mean, every single time. <laughs> so we, we've lived in houses where we had that room. And we've also lived in houses where we didn't have that room because, like, you know, the size of the house. We've, we've moved from different houses. What's interesting is in the houses where we don't have that room, uh, our living room converts into that room when guests come over. Like, there's decoration that pops up out of nowhere i don't know where my mom stars them and like oh we have plants where did we get plants and they're alive yeah. how, did we, how, did this, how did we work this out the thing that i'd like a, a lot about these rooms is that um uh, on that room in display there's always like a, a bunch of ornaments and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, everybody bought the same ornaments from the same bazaar. There's <laughs> always some kind of wooden camel. Right. <laughs> yes. Or five. Yes. <laughs> There's always these paintings hanging on the wall that say, subhanallah, or, like, ayatul kursi, or yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's always like an incense. Um, uh, the, the thing I used to jump over. What, what, what did we agree <laughs> that that thing is? <laughs> we had a wooden camel, true, but we also had a wooden elephant and a wooden falcon. No, so I'm one of you. I'm just kind of curious. This this story of Fauzi jumping over incense. Does that ring a bell? Like, is that something? No. That you and... Okay. So I, it's just genuinely my belief that Fauzi's friend have been making fun of him for like. <laughs> decades of his life and he still hasn't figured it out because i found nobody who understands that story let me completely clarify that i never did it myself uh, i just uh, uh, i just i just heard uh, uh, uh. i will say it is enjoyable trying to think about how and imagine how that works yeah. <laughs> no, we need a video we've been begging yeah. for one for a while you, oh God. i know what's gonna happen if i send you a video so right. no. <laughs> Can you, Fauzi, can you just make sure that if you do the video, you're doing it in front of a green screen? Just, you know, <laughs> nothing. It'll save some editing yeah, time. Yeah, you know. save some work. Uh, no, but do you, do you also have these uh, hexagonal, like, little table things? Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Right? Actually, the sort of super ornamental ones? Yeah. A lot of the stuff, like, back in Syria, we brought some of it back with us in the 90s when we came to live in, in, in Canada. Like, we had a lot of Syrian mosaic stuff. It's a very, mm -hmm. like, it's like the wooden mosaic look. Right. Everything we owned was basically that, because our uncle had a wood shop um, in Suhanadiyya. He's probably still there, to be honest, mm -hmm. selling this stuff to tourists. And so we got a lot of that. 
And surprisingly enough, they actually, I did find a Syrian mosaic tissue box at a thrift store here for $4. (laughs) And it's the exact same design as all the other things we have. So it could have been made by the same person or like from the same suit. It was, it was crazy. And they were selling it for like $4. That could sell for hundreds of dollars on, on eBay. Right. I could probably wow. get it for 50 cents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me some time with your uncle and I'll, I'll manage to haggle the price then. Right. <laughs> I'll try haggling with your own uncle, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I've always, we, we always used to have those, those little uh, hexagonal tables and they would always open up at the top. Yeah, yeah. And there would be this like, sort of like red, sort of like soft material inside and then stuff would be in there. I always thought that they were sort of like secrets. So it always like see if if something was hidden in there, and it was usually like the remote control or something. <laughs> um, Wrapped in saran wrap. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever like we used to have those like tiny wooden tables, but on the surface of them, I think they're similar to some tissue boxes that Noah was talking about. They will have like um very yeah. shiny like shell material. It looked like a shiny yeah. Pokemon card, right, and yeah. um, it's like all these like kind of shell kind of things. And there's sometimes uh, chairs made out of the same material, like arabesque, mm-hmm. kind yeah. of um, yeah. uh, wooden structure. But I've never seen anyone sit on them. Like, um, uh, they're just, like, always in the room, like those wooden uh, right. arabesque chairs. But, like, nobody seems to sit on them, even when guests They're arrive. not comfortable. They just kind of look good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you sit on them? It's like, it's like something you admire, it seems, rather than you sit yeah. on them. It you, looks like a throne. <laughs> right. <laughs> But but you're like the steward of Gondor, not the king of Gondor, so you don't get yeah. to sit on it. It's that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. Um, Actually, now that I think about it, the only time I've seen people sit on them is for pictures at weddings. Like, they kind of like, right. do, they, do they bring the right. chair to the wedding? Is that what, are you storing it in your house for weddings? Is that what happens? <laughs> I don't they know. happen frequently, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so would you, would you, because, okay, so, so standard living room, right? Like, you've got, like, the chair for the, for the head of the house, uh, mm-hmm. which, which. Wrapped in plastic. Right, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> and they have, like, one or two couches. Yeah. Uh, 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 covered in blankets right <laughs> <laughs> then, then the tv which is sort of like the heart of the house still yes. in many ways and uh, then yes. a big big carpet on the floor uh, the most colorful usual. carpet you can think of right. <laughs> right. The, the colors of the carpet matches nothing right uh, nothing. And, no. and then and then the 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 the, the, cave, the the air conditioning is sort of like near the the, th- the throne Right. The, yeah. The, the of yeah. That, that's of the course. living room, right? That's the normal living room. And there's like a small table, right? Yeah. Head, of, head of the house has a supreme control over the remote control. Right. Right. <laughs> you can submit requests, but, but they can easily get ignored. Right. And, and <laughs> if, if they are leaning, if they're leaning away from the table, the remote is on. They will ask one of their children to bring the remote to them because now they have oh, to now they have to lean forward, right? Rami, Rami. Even if their kid is in another room. Rami, Rami, Rami. 
Remote. Remote. <laughs> it's right next to you, Dad. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's, I'm, I'm old. Grab the remote for me. And they have, like, their arms sticking out, too, like, waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you already extended the arm. You have to give it now. Right. If you, Rami, if you, Rami basically <laughs> took a bus to come back to hand over his dad the remote. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the, that's the living room, right? And, and then there's, like, a little table for some drinks. If, did you have large... Yeah. You had large families, I think. Uh, at least Osama. I, I, yes. Would you We're also, like... Five clear clear that room and just put newspapers on the ground for like big dinners or something yes okay. we actually when we had two living rooms one of our living rooms actually had um i don't know like futons like so the couches without legs like on the ground you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's like cushions basically everywhere yeah. all around the room and that room was for when larger uh like invites happened so it was already set up uh newspapers was a thing but we also had a uh, sofra which was like actually a thing made for it you just open it up it's kind of like it looks like a camping tarp but not like fancier and we just like opened it up and put all the food on the floor okay. and uh, invited people over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. uh, one one important item missing from the description of the living room is that there's always a photo, uh, preferably in black and white, of uh, <laughs> of a member <laughs> from the family, someone. Yeah. Like, uh, sometimes I don't even recognize who that person is. Years ago. Oh, okay. yes. Yes. yes, shaking hands with somebody important. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's every single household. <laughs> it is so true. Yeah. Uh, another common item as well um, is usually uh, a shisha that is uh, yeah. either still in use. Or hasn't been used for like decades, right? But it's yeah. still there. Yeah, like <laughs> a decade of dust. It will yeah. taste like the seventies, right? <laughs> Probably still smells <laughs> like the seventies too. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, there's these things. I don't know what they're called in English, actually. Maybe you guys can help me out. They're like tiny little um, cloths. They're like white cloths. They're made out of crochet, like and they're toys? usually in the center of a of a table. Right. Yeah. And you put the stuff on top of them. However, Dose, when you're serving right? stuff, yeah. you remove these things away. So I don't understand the purpose of these things. Right. <laughs> it's not to put stuff on them. They're just yeah. in the middle of the table when there's nothing on the table. Yeah, they're, they're exactly that. I looked it up. It's called, They're called doilies. Doilies. That's, doilies. What, it, That's what it is. Yeah, doilies. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, every single table had them. And they don't yes. do anything. They don't protect the table. No. Because no. they have holes in them. Like if anything spills, exactly. it's going straight to the table. And if you spill something on the doily, my mom used to lose it. She was like, yeah, yeah. you ruined this thing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what it does. That's what my mom puts on my PlayStation. We had one on the TV as well. (laughs) There must be a purpose for this. Oh my god! Like it doesn't help collect like with the dust or anything because there's holes in it. So like I don't actually know the reason. Well, maybe maybe when you remove it, there's like dust in a beautiful mosaic form on your PlayStation. (laughs) I'm not sure. I love it. Um, Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> it's the absolute nightmare. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah. we used to put them on TVs, on um, on uh, yeah, on TVs, the, yes. on vi- videotape players, <laughs> right. on the stereo. And, and okay, okay, so that's that's a living room full of doilies. <laughs> so not a guest room. Is that also like two chairs with a table in the middle? 
yes. and they're like less likely to have a three seater. Most likely to have like several one one seaters right. or uh, two seaters. Right. Because yeah. it almost you know like when you see photos of like presidents meeting. Yeah. I feel like yeah. those rooms always aspire to be those rooms. Yes, I yes. agree 100%. Yes, and absolutely. they'll have like a giant portrait. If they're going to be a portrait in the house, it's going to be in that room. Like right. A, a painting of a family member or something like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I always, I, I always the, the thing that gets me is just like the, the choice of how those chairs look, specifically those yeah. chairs, right? It's like yeah. these sort of like thin wooden round, usually, sort of like yeah. a semi round top. And then it kind of goes down and sort of like, it sort of like shrinks a little in width, right? Um, and there's just sort of like a pillow, but it's like yeah. a sturdy pillow in the back <laughs> behind you. Like it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not like, comfortable. Like you lean back into it and you're like, who put bricks in this chair? Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the room that if there's anything in it that's metal it's like gold it's fake of course it's not real gold it's like <laughs> it's fake gold everywhere it's right. like I, usually the color of that room is like red and gold right that's yeah. the the royal colors i guess and right that room always has like the um, uh, the coffee um uh, thermos it's not a thermos um it's like you know that uh, the typical is sometimes made out of gold too like fake gold <laughs> like the it's, kettle uh, like yeah the, it's like it's yeah. like the very traditional looking arab kettle with right. like a, yeah. like a, uh, a taco bird beak right <laughs> for yes. a novel. Yeah. and yes. like you have like the little uh, like coffee shots in which you drink that very bitter coffee from yeah <laughs> nobody nobody has used it in my lifetime but it's there um oh, that they usually would call me to like that usually the kids are the ones that serve the coffee when you have like yeah, um yeah. a guest over so like when you have guests over i'd be summoned to the forbidden room right which i like quite <laughs> enjoyed but like oh my god it's <laughs> my time to shine I'm gonna go this in. I like this is the moment I've been I've been preparing my entire life for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna step into the forbidden room and meet all these important guests yeah. and give them shots of coffee. Yeah. I hope I don't screw this up by spilling coffee on someone. <laughs> and of course, my dad will be very proud. Right. Pours coffee. He's the best person in the world at pouring coffee. Right. And right. then somebody else goes like, "He's the best. You should see my son." And right. then start... my, my son is an engineer, and he pours good coffee. <laughs> Even before doing the coffee, when you get summoned to that room, you have to go and say hello. I need and to go in and up, kiss every trouble. single person. Right. You have to lose the most important person first. Right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. right. Elder, you can't screw it yeah. up. If you go yeah. to somebody no. else closest, and, you're in trouble. And nobody, <laughs> and nobody explains this stuff to you either. There's no. not like a briefing beforehand. But look at if you see this guy. This guy has a long beard and his wife. Yeah, the the yeah, she will be. Yeah, go to those first. Those are really important. It's just like you go in and you look at the people. And you're like, who's the most terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> who, exudes, who exudes an air of if you don't greet me first yeah. your parents will hear of this just go in and you're like salamu alaikum <laughs> have, you, have you ever been that person it's actually incredibly uncomfortable when right. I go and I visit uh, Iraq the first day and the first day only I sit at the head of the table because right. I'm the guest <laughs> then, then it's whoever usually sits there that goes the next day and the day after that but the first day I'm the one who everyone comes and says uh, like salam to first I don't like that feeling <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't <laughs> I'm not used to it <laughs> 
it's so funny like you know like we we we're, we're talking about this guest room and like this extra area where like you know people go in and oftentimes when i like you know tell my western friends about this they'd be like oh or like even worse my japanese friends would be like you have enough space for an extra room <laughs> <laughs> to be fair those guest rooms are usually also very small like they, yeah. they might sound yes. relatively large but they're usually yeah. wide enough to put two chairs with a table yeah. for tea yeah. in between and then like length with like two couches for other guests to sit across from each other yes in in, in iraq uh in my like my mom's family um although they had that guest room in their homes like normal uh but in my dad's family they actually they're they they're come, they come more from a rural area it's called shamia and uh in that area the houses don't have their own guest rooms they have a separate building between them because all the family lives very close to each other it's called the Mulif, and it's like this building where the entire building is a guest house that's wow. shared by everyone who's around it that's actually where i slept when i when i went to visit them it's a big hall with one closed off bedroom and a bathroom and that's the entirety of the wow. of the that's that's what the building is we have uh, and, uh, something similar in jordan we call the d1 and it's usually every family that they like uh, they will share like, not like a small unit family like the entire clan they will share this d1 which is like this its own structure uh, a big house or a, yeah. or or a building with bathroom and amenities and they use it yeah. for like you know weddings funerals exactly um, big uh, big events so it's like a clan uh, kind of house yeah it's like, it's like a community center but like for the family like a family Absolutely. center type thing. yeah that's a exactly. great way to describe it like my, my mom's family lives lived in baghdad so like they're straight up in the in the city you're not going to be able to do that in the city right but in the in the country generally families just you know like they have a huge plot of land and then when someone gets married and needs their own house you'll just build the house on that land like and you'll just expanding that way so it's much easier to be like okay this plot between us this is reserved nobody is going to live here because it's between us we're just going to erect a giant building there so right. do they have one of the really kids um sit in that empty in that uh, plot of land and then start parking cars there is that one more one, one more for you then all right the ceiling right yes is is are your ceilings also just with this this sort of like plaster, just like these super intricate oh my God. flower patterns? Yes, uh, like stuff like that on the ceiling, and then just like the most the the most decorated lamp you can possibly think of for the <laughs> is like you're like where did thousands they, of crystals? Yeah, why why did the, how did this and they're all glass, right? None of it is crystal. Yeah. And so no, that's just, not crystal. No. <laughs> just, those ceiling patterns were always the most fascinating thing to me because I, it took me years to realize that that is not in the Netherlands. I just don't, you don't pay attention to ceilings as much, I guess. But like yeah. the ceilings, the ceilings in the, in the West are all just like flat. You have yeah, a ceiling. Yeah. In the air world, it's a statement. Yeah it's, yeah, it's very elaborate. It's like you're right. going into a, a Greek uh, temple right. of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also have the fake plaster pillars everywhere. Yeah. Uh, if oh, there's space to put pillars, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> like my, we used to stay at my gram, grandma's place when we used to go visit in the summer, and then so eventually my parents bought an apartment, not the next door one, but the one next to that, and then that place was like it felt like a temple. 
It was orange walls with pillars, and I don't like. There was a carving in the wall to make it look like a mosque, but it why? I don't know why. It was like they tried to decorate it, and it was all just orange, the brightest orange you can think of, and that's where we lived for the rest. Wow! It was such odd. Like they tried to make it look modern-ish. This was 2007, so I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> no, no. Growing up, when I used to watch like some Syrian dramas, I'm not sure if you ever seen a house like this. But like in the Syrian dramas, there's always like a courtyard that has oh, like yeah. a little fountain. Yeah, like are you thinking like Bab el Hada or something? Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But- <laughs> Yeah, well, they have them in the play- the homes that are older, and they people still live there, like they're thousands of years old. I we walk by them; they're usually near Suhamadia, I think. Um, but we lived in Hajrin, which is literally hmm. on a mountain, um, huh. and mm-hmm. it, it, these were like newer places compared to to that. Newer meaning like a hundred years old or something, not like thousand years old. Those characters are so pretty. So yeah, nice. that's actually a yeah. really important distinction to say that newer means 100 years old in, in the Middle right. East. There are restaurants in other parts of the world that have literally been standing for over a thousand it's, years. Yeah. It's like you walk you walk somewhere you walk somewhere in, in the West and some, some building will say like Anno 1976. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the building when it's 100 years old. Not like, come on, not like two decades. Get out of here. Yeah, you can exactly. tell when a place is like, even like a hundred years old, they don't have a, ma- the door is not actually a door. It's just a hole in the wall when you go right, into the yep. building and then everyone else yep. has their own, um, actually, actually a door for once. But right. like, um, it's interesting because we used to have a lot of, um, uh, stray cats come into my grandma's home because she was on the mm-hmm. first floor. So obviously there was no main door. It was just a hole. So they yeah. go in and it's always, we get like 10 of them at our door. Whenever we go get shawarma from this one place, and they all come after us. <laughs> there is this, there's a shawarma place in Syria, in Damascus, called Rayan. It is very popular. And they only come when they smell that. My wow. grandma will travel for 40 That's minutes the best to get that. And the cats know it's good. And then we Not have approved. to just hear all the meows coming from the front door and our windows. And we're just like, this is... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I felt so bad <laughs> so we sometimes you... will go out and try and give them food after but like while we're eating it's very distracting right. how does the conversation always come back to food I skipped breakfast today I'm not, uh, I'm not a happy let, camper let, I'm let, gonna let, let me, let, go ahead but I have a feeling that I might need to stop a food conversation <laughs> 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 all right, all right, try oh, no. so I just love how consistent the style I, I genuinely you know, the, uh, starting this topic, I genuinely thought we would have very different stories, <laughs> but it's the same. <laughs> it will be the same. And you know why? It'll be like everything is going to be kept on to mint condition because all the furniture is wrapped in plastic. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a doily on the table, some plastic on the couch. <laughs> some doilies on the PlayStation. Right? <laughs> the PlayStation. It's so perfect. Uh, all right, it's time to put a doily on this podcast. Oh, how about this? this oh, Osama, Osama. That's an 11 out of 10. You win. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been the, another episode of the Habibis podcast. Um, please uh, follow us uh, on Twitter. We are at the underscore Habibis. <laughs> and um, Noha, where, where can people find you? 
Uh, I am on Twitter. My handle is uh, Nuha, N-U-H-A, not Noah. Like the whole whole handle is called Nuha, not Noah. <laughs> 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 That's a story for another time. <laughs> but I'm sure you can know what that means. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I ramble. Put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fawzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fawzi Masmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias. And Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubayla. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam. <laughs>